Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. OutKick 360 continues across the OutKick network. The crew all here at 6th and Peabody in Nashville. But we'll get back to more college football and NFL discussion on the field uh, coming up later this hour. The discussion over the last year or so, guys, has been name, image, likeness off the field. We know that Commissioner Sankey, Paul, you and I chatted with him at SEC Media Days. He was on Capitol Hill recently meeting with senators, uh, meeting with those in the House, and uh, trying to come up with an idea and a structure of what federal legislation might look like. Well, we have Senator Tommy Tuberville on the line, former head coach at Auburn, at Ole Miss, Cincinnati, and Texas Tech. And now he is fronting uh, a bipartisan legislation to help try to get us down the path of guardrails for name image likeness. Coach Tuberville, great to have you on. Good morning. How are y'all? We, we are very well. And you, you did tell us, hey, still call me coach. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, please do. That's what they call me up here. So um, after 40 years, I guess I've earned that. Yeah, I know you have talked with with Coach Saban, with Greg Sankey, uh, with the Pac-12, and and many others. Are uh, is the feedback and the ideas that you have heard and and that you have brought to the table virtually all the same? Where everyone's just trying to come up with an idea that everyone can get behind. Yeah, you, you know, I hate that that the federal government has to get involved in this. Uh, we've stayed out of it, uh, or I have. Uh, you know, I know quite a bit about it, obviously. Uh, the Commerce Committee, who is uh, over uh, oversight for this, uh, obviously has been involved. I'm on the Education Committee, which uh, we have not really had a lot of discussions on because we've left it to the Commerce. A lot of people try to get involved. Yes, I've talked to committees. I've talked uh, in the NCAA. I've talked to coaches. I've talked to players, former players. I've talked to commissioners, athletic directors. And uh, I was hoping that they could come up with something, but you can't get a consensus. Uh, you know, everybody wants it their way, and it's not possible. Uh, so I sat down uh, with uh, uh, my staff. We talked about it, uh, you know, the direction we would go. You can't do anything here in Washington, D.C., unless you have a bipartisan approach. It's not going to happen. Uh, Joe Manchin has got a lot of power up here. He's on the Democratic side. He and I sat down one day, and we got together, and we both uh, came to the conclusion we got to do something. We've got to help. Uh, he thinks that he can deliver people on the left. I can. I hopefully can deliver people on the right to try to get this done. Uh, now, we're not into the money part. Uh, you know, we're, we're not. We're not trying to limit what people can do. What we want to do at the end of the day is come up with some standards and rules for all 50 states. That's what we can do in the federal government. We can pass a bill and it takes 60 votes to pass a bill, then it'd have to go to the House. 
that all 50 states have to go by these guidelines. Right now, there is no guidelines. It is a, uh, it's a disaster. Uh, just listening to coaches and what's going on and, and parents and players, uh, you know, getting involved, which fine. But at the end of the day, we want it fair for everybody in 50 states. And we want to make sure that we look out for two things, the student athlete and their education. Uh, those two have to be involved. So we're not here to, to invent the wheel. Uh, again, we're going to do our due diligence. Uh, Joe Manchin and I sent out a letter to uh, a lot of people uh, last few weeks all over the country. Um, some people are saying, well, this is just the SEC deal. No, it's not. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where they got that from, but this is a, a proposal that we will possibly put into law that can help and guideline everybody in all 50 states in this country. And at the end of the day, I hope we can do it. We might not be able to pull this off, but uh, there's going to be a lot of input. This is not going to be my my thoughts, not going to be Joe Manchin's thoughts. It's going to be a accumulation of people that work with this, that should know what the best thing is. Again, we're also going to talk to athletes and their thoughts and their understandings. And if we can make it even for everybody else and make it a little bit more simpler, but not do away with any money, uh, the cat's out of the bag. Supreme Court says they are allowed to make money off their name, image, and likeness. And I've always been for players making money. I wish this, there was a way that we can make it equal for everybody, men and women, and all sports to do this. But the one thing I do not want to happen is for us to – uh, not have something, uh, whether the NCAA does it, or the commissioners does it, or we do it here in federal government. I do not want us to start losing financing for Olympic sports, women's sports, uh, the so-called sports that have to take, have to use money uh, that's uh, uh, built up by the big sports. We need to make it to where everybody can can be satisfied and uh, make it equal for everybody and still be able to have the the uh, country that we know we have in terms of college athletics because it is something that we, most of us, hang our hat on every year to watch and, and take pride in. Would you like to see it go to what seems to be the original intent that it's for athletes once they're on campus being able to then make money? Um or are you okay with the idea that it's used as a recruiting tool to lure uh, kids to campus? Well, one of the biggest complaints that I'm hearing from coaches all over the country, assistant coaches and head coaches and athletic directors, is uh, the possibility that some coaches are going out uh, and offering inducements to players uh, in their homes or whatever, of making a certain amount of money for the first year, second year, third, and fourth year. And they can't really back that up. Uh, I know the collectives, the groups across the country that are being hired by some of the universities are really the ones that are supposed to do that. But we got to get out, get, get that out of a recruiting inducement. Uh, again, once they get there, they should be able, like the Supreme Court says, make money off of their name, image, and likeness, but not for a recruiting inducement to what school that they're going to go to. Other problem we're having is uh, while this thing uh, is 
originated in the last couple of years of the NIL. Now we have the transfer portal. And you put those two together, you're asking for huge problems down the line. So uh, we're not only working with name, image, and likeness, but we're also looking at this transfer portal of how to make everybody, as many people as we can, happy to make it fair for everybody to be able to recruit and possibly keep players on their campus to, number one, where they can stay and get an education. Because say you get 40 hours at one school and you transfer, you might lose all those hours and you have to start over. And there's no way you're going to get a degree after that. It doesn't happen in college sports. Uh, so we've got to look at the degree. We've got to look at the education. And we've got to look at the well-being for the student athlete. Coach, you had mentioned that you'd rather the federal government not be involved in this and that your desire would be for the NCAA, all of college sports to come together on a consensus to figure this out without you being involved. But you also said you're going to go to all 50 states and try to gain a consensus from those 50 states to make your decision where ultimately this could come down to the working relationship with you and Senator Manchin coming together on an agreement of what that consensus may be. So how is the relationship with you and Senator Manchin in terms of coming to an agreement after taking in all that input and figuring out what's best for the college athlete? Yeah, we might not be able to get a consensus once we get all the information in that after this letter we sent out. And again, people, they want to put their two cents worth in. That's fine. Now, we're going to have, between his staff and my staff and some of the committee staff, we'll probably have over 100 people working on this uh, from Washington, D.C. That's how it happens up here. You don't write a bill and a couple of people write this up. It is complex to get it done. And then, then you have to sell it uh, through committee. And then you have to sell it to the individual senators uh, across the country representing their states. And so if we plan on getting anything passed, there's going to have to be a lot of, a, a lot of salesmanship, uh, to where, uh, Joe Manchin who played college football, he understands sports myself being the only one up here. That's, that's, uh, that's, you know, work with NCAA work with commissioners, work with athletic directors and, uh, uh, you know, we've just got to do the right right thing for everybody, but it's not going it's not going to be easy to put that together. Uh, you know, Joe and I talk pretty much every day, and uh, we, we we built a pretty good relationship over the last year. Or so, uh, people are going to trust him uh, on the left. Uh, hopefully, people trust me on the right that we're doing it for the right thing. We're not we're not trying to we're not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. And as I said at the very beginning of this. I wish we didn't have to do this, but the NCAA uh, uh, looks like that they're afraid of uh, lawsuits and they can't get everybody on board. Um, we're not going to be able to get everybody on board, but we're going to do the best we possibly can. If we get get a consensus, if we think we can do the right thing, at the end of the day, we might not be able to do it. Uh, we might, Joe and I might look at each other and I go, hey, you know, this is impossible. Uh, you know, we can't get enough people on board to get this done. And uh, but I hope we can, and we're trying. And so this time last year, I said, no, we're had coaches calling me. I said, no, we're staying out of this. You don't want us involved. But after a year and seeing what's going on, it is getting worse. Uh, it's going to destroy college sports as we know it, men and women. Uh, you're going to end up with smaller groups, smaller scholarships, less money in the universities. Facilities aren't going to be as good. Uh, there's going to have to probably be some people that uh, that's going to have to uh, understand that uh, you know they're going to have to work hard behind the scenes to sell this. 
you know, uh, in, in some form or fashion. But uh, again, uh, we're going to give it the, the college try. We're going we're gonna to do the best we possibly can to make this work because I, uh, I, I think this, you know, college sports is one of the reasons our country is as successful as it is. So the NCAA is devoid of leadership right now with Mark Emmert stepping away. Coach, what's the idea, uh, ideal type of leader to lead that organization? Some have pointed to former coaches, conference commissioners, uh, an attorney. What do you think in terms of leadership of the NCAA moving forward and the right type of person to lead that organization? Well, experience in any situation uh, leads to leadership. You can't have somebody that's been a president. I, you know, and I, I like Mark Emmert. Uh, I knew him when he was at LSU. He had a, I had a lot of discussions uh, when I was coach, he, and then he went off as president. Uh, I think that's the that's kind of the formal way to do it. Uh, if you're going to get something done uh, for all levels, for men and women, you need somebody that got their hands dirty, understands it, uh, that will go out and fight for the student athlete and the sports. Uh, again, you're you're talking from equestrian all the way to football, and uh, it is uh, it is a hard nut to crack but to try to make everybody happy. But you're talking about, I would say, averaging 450 to 500 student athletes on every campus across the country, not just Division One, but Division Two, uh, NIA, Division Three, whatever they call it now. Uh, we're, we're, we want to do as much as we possibly can for every student athlete to make it fair, but also be able to finance all these sports. And I think that's, uh, that's something that we're going to really, really look at as we – Start paying players because a lot of the money that normally goes to some of these Olympic sports and and uh, uh, some of these women's sports, the money that normally goes to them is going to go to the athletes and the bigger sports. It's going to be hard, hard to, to to keep some of these sports alive. I hope we can do it. And, again, that's one of the reasons that Joe Manchin and I are going to try to get it done. United States Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama with us on OutKick 360. Uh, you mentioned uh, – Speaking with Coach Saban, he's he's good friends with Senator Manchin as well. Um, and it, the thing that has surprised me from the onset of name, image, likeness is even the power brokers, I would refer to Saban as that, of the head coaches in the sport itself are pointing to their roles and influence diminishing. It's not just the, the tier below the power five. Even the top guys in the sport, the guys who are having success with name, image, likeness, are looking for regulation, are looking for guardrails, so to speak. And, I, I mean, I guess, Coach, I would think if everyone's looking for some type of leadership and regulation with this, it should be fairly easy to find a consensus. Maybe I'm dead wrong on that, though. No, you're right. It, it should be simpler than what we're stating. Uh, again, we're not getting into the money part. We want to get into the, uh, the scenario of when you can do it, why you can do it, how you can do it, basically. Uh, you know, the, uh, as we said, the Supreme Court said they make money. So, uh, again, that's going to happen. We just want to make sure that we cover all bases to kind of put some parameters on what we used to have. When I was in in uh, in coaching, uh, all of my coaching here, we, we had a recruiting calendar. When you could start doing things, when you could evaluate, when you could talk to players, uh, how many times you could talk to them, when the signing days were, what they could do as student athletes, 
And you, you just can't wipe all the rules off the uh, out of the rule book. We got to have some stipulations of what you can do, what what assistance can do, uh, and then of course you're talking about a federal law here. I mean, you're not talking about NCAA law. Uh, and if we get to this point, I mean, you know, it's it has to be upheld. I mean, this is a it's a pretty sticky situation when you know a law is a law, and again, it has to go through a lot of parameters. It's got to be voted on, discussed, debated on the floor, House, Senate. Then it has to be signed by the President of the United States. And um, so there's a lot of things that you have to do to make this work. That's the reason I said earlier, one person can't do it. You know, I'd, I could have gone out there and tried to do this on my own. I'd been, I mean, I'd have been wasting my time because you have to have help from the, the, the other party. And Joe Manchin is obviously a guy that's got a lot of things done since he's been here. He understands it. And uh, we both talked to coaches, not just Coach Saban, uh, and not just coaches, but players and assistants and all over the country from East Coast to West Coast. And some people have different priorities. But again, we're not telling you how to recruit. We're just going to try to put some parameters where you have some guidelines to go through. And I hate that we have to do this. But, and again, today we might not be able to, but uh, we're going to do our due diligence to see if this is the, the direction to go and and see if we can make it make it happen. I'm sure whenever you, you took office, there were many other things on the agenda that you want to uh, attempt to accomplish on, on your state's behalf. And you mentioned that there were coaches who were calling you looking for some type of, of regulation or legislation. You said, no, we're going to stay out of it. It's a pretty quick turnaround that less than a year from that moment, you feel like it, it's time to step in and do something. Do you, is there a, a, a specific moment over the last year that you remember where you're like, man, this is way more than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, uh, you know, just talking to coaches back in the summer, uh, you know, I would call some my friends of mine that were head coaches or assistants, and knowing then in the month of May, you know, you're out and uh, evaluating players, going to high schools, talking to coaches, uh, watching players practice in spring, spring practice, all those things. And I'm calling them going, hey, where are you at today? I'm raising money what you're not recruiting no we got to raise money and it's kind of dawned on me where we've gone with this uh when when you've got coaches that's supposed to be doing the the, the right thing for uh high school players and high school coaches uh that instead of evaluations and giving people opportunities to earn scholarships they're out there raising money to try to pay some only just a few of the top players and the other one is uh, other thing that, that really upset me was uh, coaches talking about, you know, we're going to cut back on on signing high school players. What are you talking about? Well, um, you know, we're going to build our football team off of transfers because of the transfer portal. So it just dawned on me. So we're going to start working on transfers. We're not going to sign 25. We might sign 10, and we're going to take 15 transfers. So what you're doing now is you're eliminating opportunities for high school kids that worked all their life to try to get that football scholarship. You're limited to potential percentage of what we used to have from, uh, you know, uh, say 100% of the, the high school athletes signed, everybody has 25 to possibly 60 to 70, even 50% of, of the past recruits that you had signed uh, instead of uh, taking high school kids, you're going to take transfers. And so uh, that, that, that bothered me because I know the opportunities that the, 
you know, kids have when they, they go to college and have their scholarship paid for and they get a good education. They work their way up. They learn leadership. They learn how to play with other people. Now you're going to potentially cut a lot of those people out. Uh, that's not this country, not what this country was built on. Um, without federal regulations, how, how, uh, powerful do you fear some of these collectives might become and change kind of where the competition is in the sport, at least on, on one level? Yeah, the, the, Joe and I talked about this and, and, uh, I think that's one thing he and I have to do. We know really very little about some of these collectives. Uh, and we're going <clears> to <throat> either try to get some to come here to Washington DC where we can sit down and let them explain their programs to us get their ideas, uh, the good and the bad. Uh, you're going to need these groups uh, because I want to get coaches out to, out of raising money. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they don't need to be doing that. They need to be spending time with the players, the athletes, uh, training, working on their education. When they're out there uh, raising money. That is the wrong uh, message that we're sending uh, to college sports. Uh if people are going to uh, handle money, it should be the collectives or somebody like the collectives. Again, I don't know enough about those yet, but I'll tell you here in a few months, I'm going to be an expert on it. Uh, but I'm going to learn from from I'm going I'm going to learn from them. I want to hear their their thoughts. Obviously, they're going to make money out of it, and I'm and I'm fine with that. But I'm also want to make sure that these student athletes are taken care of, not lied to, not taken advantage of. Uh, that's that is the sole purpose of, of what we're, what we're trying to do through this whole process. So again, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of things out there. You got know, y'all been, y'all been talking about it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure almost every day for the last year and a half, some degree, but at the end of the day, we need fairness for all schools, big universities and small universities. And we can get the fairness for that. I think we, we can accomplish something here. And again, it might take some tweaking as we go along, but we got to have a base where to start. And before we put this so-called future bill uh, in front of the you know, in Congress and the President of the United States, we want to make sure that uh, uh, it's the proper thing to do and it, it will have an opportunity to work and make it fair for all. Senator Tupperville with us. Uh, on the way out, Coach, it, I guess the good news, bad news is there is no deadline of a, of a timetable here, but I know you'd like to get this process going. Uh, what, what's the next step here? When are you and, and Senator Manchin going to get in a room and actually come together on what you've gathered? Well, uh, again, there's going to be a lot of conversations in the next couple of months. Uh, you know, we'll, I'll actually, uh, instead of going to enjoy football games this year, I'll go to some games along with Joe and uh, he'll do the same thing, whether we go together or separate and, talk to presidents and athletic directors and talk to athletes, uh, get their input. Uh, you know, the, the, the deadline for input that we're, that we sent that letter out was August 31st, but we'll, you know, that that's just from the people that we sent letters to. We're going, we'll talk to hundreds of people. My staff will do the same thing. Joe Manchin's staff will do the same thing. We have lawyers on our staff. They will be talking to compliance. Uh, we'll be visiting with the NCAA. Uh, there's a lot of groups out there. Uh, athletic directors have formed uh, committees uh, that have been working on this for a year. Uh, they ran into a wall, but we want to find out, you know, uh, we don't want to start from scratch, if that makes sense. We want to get their input to say, okay, you've already done that. 
you, you don't think it'll work. Let's let us look into it, see if we can go a little bit different route. So American Football Coach Association, you know, I was president of it, what, six, seven years ago. Uh, think that, you know, we can uh, use their database, maybe have Zoom calls with a lot of uh, some of the coaches on, on Mondays uh, on an off day during the season. Well, we've got to have input for everybody. And again, players and parents are going to be much of the input as anybody. We want to we'd get their thoughts about the first year and a half, two years of how this is shaken out and, and see the, the good and bad of what they've gone through and see what uh, they suggest. Again, we, uh, we don't have the answers. Uh, the answers will come from the people that actually have already been there and uh, their experiences. I'm sure whenever you uh, reached Capitol Hill, you didn't think you'd be back on uh, on game days making a circuit in college football uh, this oh quickly. My goodness. But, uh... <laughs> I'm on the Armed Services Committee. I've traveled around the world twice, getting ready to go uh, around the world again, going to different bases all over Africa and, and some of these others. You know, we're Chinese Communist parties pushing against Taiwan every day now. We've seen how that's going. We've, we've got Russia and Ukraine. Uh, you know, I'm on the Ag Committee where we're getting ready to do the farm bill, for which is huge for all the farmers across our country. Uh, I'm on the Health Committee where we're talking about this the virus. I mean, guys, you, you know, there's problems in college sports, but we got all kinds of problems that every day we try to put some common sense to, and that's hard to do. And and we're $32 trillion in debt, you know, on top of that. So uh, it, this is a complex job, and we'll be working on, obviously, other things as we work on this. But that's the reason you have staffs, and that's the reason you have people that you lean on to get things done, to do some things that you don't have time to do. But I promise you, we're going to do our due diligence on, on this, and, and uh, we'll put uh, best effort towards it, and hopefully we can come up with some kind of conclusion. We will be uh, we'll be following uh, from afar, uh, right here in the heart of SEC country in Nashville. Thank you for the time, and uh, I'm sure we will check back in down the road to see how this is going. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, just give me a call in a month or so, and we'll give you kind of an update and, and the direction we're headed. And, you know, we hopefully we're we're at a good good spot in a couple of months, and we have some kind of ideas, but. Hey, we could be at ground zero at the same time. You never know how, how it goes up here. So, but we're going we're going to give it give it the old uh, college try. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate Thanks, the Coach. time. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Yep. There is United States Senator Tommy Tuberville, who has been our guest. Paul, we saw Coach Tuberville. Uh, Chad and I did. We were at the uh, the Auburn Club. Auburn, uh, yeah, the Auburn Athletic Club for the Outkick the Tailgate and. He was having dinner with his family. We did not interrupt. We were not. We were going to do the treat it the Nashville way. If you see someone out, you don't interrupt. But we did contemplate. We did contemplate going over and introducing ourselves. He was. Uh, I think at Nashville, everybody contemplates too. Then, yeah. they, then they say no. I feel like Tommy Tuberville was always the coach that kind of had a sort of cool sideline demeanor at all times. Like seemed yeah. very calm. And he was sitting there. I remember legs crossed, telling stories to everyone at the table, and was not overly, you know, boisterous with his arms or anything, just very calmly holding court at the head of the table. I also, I was thinking, I saw the, uh, everyone that was watching saw the headshot of, of the senator. Um, is there a college coach, a former college coach, that looks more like a senator than Tommy Tuberville in that photo? Nick Saban looks pretty senatorial. Yeah, but he doesn't have the height for it. 
Yeah, there's like a yeah. Tuberville's got like a slender build to it. It's like the it. Green Berets. No, I know what Paul's saying though. Yeah, like it's a, yeah. Um, it's man, a that's a good job. Yeah, Pete Carroll looks very yes, senatorial, presidential. There's a. I'm sure we could go through a list of coaches that kind of have that that look about them. I'd put Derek Dooley on that list. He's not a current coach. Dooley, yeah, Dooley does. But Dooley yeah. looks like a U.S. senator. I will say the one thing. Uh, I mean. I don't want to say he's covering his back, but he said multiple times, we may not be able to do anything. So he's got his doubts. You know, everybody's looking for it, but he said it's complicated and we just may not be able to do anything. And if the federal government can't do anything, it shows you just how much college sports are the Wild West right now. Well, I think he's saying, he's pointing to what he's already seen or heard about. Since 2019, there have been eight federal NIL bills filed. This is nothing new, but it's the first bipartisan try. And so I think what he's saying is if if it's not, if we can't get down the road with a bipartisan solution, then it's going to be state legislated and not federal. And that's where it's going to be completely uneven. Yes. You're going to see the states that have... Yeah, that are going to rise. It's really hard for college programs to deal with 50 different things as opposed to one. And this is what we talked yeah. about in the very beginning. You know, the uh, every writer and everyone who's pushing for, let's get these guys paid, let's get these guys paid, let's get these guys paid. Okay, now what? Because once you uh, successfully make that happen, it's not this endless flow of money that just keeps going to everyone. Someone, it's gonna, you're going to rob from someone. And ultimately, that's what he's talking about, Olympic sports. Um, women's sports, programs. I mean, there are going to be football programs that simply can't sustain at any level. And it's just going to have, here's what we're going to end up with. In 10 years, we'll have 40 football programs, and that's it. And if you don't get a scholarship to one of those 40 football programs, you're not going to get a scholarship to play football. And look, none of us are fans of the NCAA on any level. But if they actually had a powerful leader who could set this up, you wouldn't need the government involved if, if the programs believed in the NCAA also. Yeah. But it's probably too far gone. Coming up, we're going to switch gears and we will talk uh, NFL. We'll continue our preview in the AFC East. The Patriots are changing more than just offensive coordinator this offseason. Josh McDaniels is now with the Raiders. First time in a decade that they're changing play callers. But there's something even bigger that's been around for 21 years that they are attempting to change right now in camp, and it's been a complete disaster. Terrible. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Streaming live at outkick.com. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network this afternoon. Our thanks to Senator Tommy Tuberville for the visit. We're recapping that, no doubt, after the deadline passes uh, at the end of this month in a letter they, an open letter they sent out to uh, many of the, the college commissioners and influencers across college sports. Our preview of the NFL team-by-team team continues. We're in the AFC East 
and the second half of the AFC East after yesterday discussing the Bills and Dolphins. Today we go in-depth with the Patriots and the Jets. And we start with New England. Last year's record at 10-7. and They lost the AFC wildcard game in blowout fashion to the Buffalo Bills. They've added Devontae Parker. Jabril Peppers is at safety. They drafted Cole Strange uh, on the offensive line. They, they lose their offensive coordinator of the last decade in Josh McDaniels. J.C. Jackson is now a charger. And Ted Karras is, is also out at center. They, I think what many forget is because Belichick's there and they're returning Mac Jones, that they're just inserting a guy that's going to be running the same type of offense that McDaniels was running. That is not the case. They are installing a new offense in Foxborough. And Thursday night against the Giants is going to be fascinating to watch. It's a 6 p.m. Central kickoff. Um, the Giants are having their own offensive issues. And Matt Patricia has been using the, the walkie in practice at New England, calling in plays, um, and again, replacing McDaniels. And you've got Matt Jones, who is going into year number two. The defense, by all accounts, and those covering the Patriots, some very good reporters there, by all accounts, the defense is outplaying the offense every day at camp. It's not going in waves and up and down. It's every day the defense is having its way. They have offensive line issues. Their run game has looked atrocious because their run game is now utilizing more of a wide zone scheme. And, I mean, you have to go back 21 years to when Charlie Weiss was uh, installed as the coordinator there. They have been doing uh, and running a, a different course of action out of the backfield uh, of some combination for the last two decades, and they are switching that up this year. For what reason? I, Your guess is as good as mine. But Belichick was quoted yesterday about, you know, are you, are you willing to abandon something that's not working well? It's practice 10. 10 of 11, he's being asked this. And the quote was, if you're spending time on something that's not productive, then yes, you need to change it or find something else. He's being asked that about the run game and the changes to more of the outside zone scheme. That is alarming, to me anyway, that not only are they changing up their offensive coordinator, they're now trying to change up things on the offensive line, which is also where I believe Patricia's helping out, right? They've had trouble, you know, without Dante Scarnecchia, who came out of retirement for a while and is is gone. Look, the the running backs have been good. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White. Not popular in the fantasy community because it's a different one every week based on the matchup, and that's one of the things that's made the Patriots good. They can find a way to run against virtually anybody with the combination. Um I'd be surprised if they don't find a way to do that again. To me, the thing that needs to happen is they need to finally hit at wide receiver with Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker, and they need to get the two tight ends they paid a bucket load of money last year, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, involved in the passing game in an effective way for Mac Jones. But I'm really down on this team. I mean, you mentioned Jabril Peppers. He can't run. Um uh, Devin McCourty is a great leader and has had great success for them, but he's 100 years old, and he, he surely can't run much anymore. They're lacking speed and that. I'm like, they're a team that's Jaylen. had an ability to cover a lot of stuff up for a long time. 
How long does that last? And the biggest question is who's coaching on offense, calling plays and, and tutoring a new quarterback. Well, I'm not going to be surprised to see them really have a poor season. I don't think that they are hiding the fact that Patricia's calling plays. I mean, he's out there. He's the one that's actively calling plays offensively. You have Belichick that stands behind the huddle and listens as Mac Jones gets the call and relays it to the huddle. Um, there, there are reports that Mac Jones is throwing the football in the dirt several times throughout practice because he doesn't either have enough time based on pressure or the receivers are just off, off Rhythm. kilter. And, you know, the, their own website, their own website is quoted uh, in recapping a practice by saying that Mac Jones looks, quote, out of sync and sometimes uncomfortable. If they're a playoff team this year, guys, I think it'll be a real feather in Belichick's cap again because the teams that are trying to get ahead of them, and we've talked a ton about what Miami's done, about what the Jets have done, they've added a lot of pieces. I'll add a lot of pieces that look better on paper than what the Patriots have done. So he's gonna out, is he going to outcoach those two teams again as he's done for years and years and years with lesser personnel this time? chiefly at quarterback or are those teams finally going to close a gap on him if they're going to make the playoffs this year Devonte parker is going to be huge and a huge addition uh, to their pass game mac jones is going to take the step up with the unknown of matt patricia calling plays for him it's going to have to happen and they got to get faster on defense paul you talked about it they were one of the top three or four defenses in the league until the final five weeks of the season they lost four of their last five they got exposed. Like Teams old. that have the run-pass option, the RPO game, lit them up. The Bills did not punt in that playoff game in Orchard Park Just in that win. Acquiring Mac Wilson from the Browns gives you a bit of infusion of speed on the back end, um, but there's still some slow spots on that defense that worry me, and then all the uncertainty around uh, Patricia calling offensive plays, for the first time that we know of, um, yeah, it's just there's a lot there's a lot up in the air with New England, and that is a franchise I'm not accustomed to saying that about going into a season where you feel like you know what you're going to get in a number of areas. There's just a lot of question marks. They're good at winning chess games, Hut, but this is speed chess. Jalen Mills is one to watch on defense. He's having a really good camp. Um, now take that for what it's worth, because the offense has not been good. But Jalen Mills in the secondary is is making a name for himself there. And again, they let a premier player walk in J.C. Jackson, which is what they do all yeah. the time. But what are their fans going to say? Boy, I sure wish we had J.C. Jackson out there. You know, as they're watching other teams throw with success as they try to develop more cornerbacks beyond Mills. Coming up, we preview the Jets. Plenty of additions, uh, a young overall team. And one big injury yesterday uh, where Makai Becton is likely out for the year. What does do that mean? mean? That, that is next on OutKick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Makai Becton went down with a knee injury on Monday, and reports are he's going to miss the year. Tackle for the New York Jets. Outkick 360 rolls on. And we continue our discussion of the AFC East with the New York Jets. Zach Wilson comes back for year two. They've added Lakeland, uh, Lake and Tomlinson on the offensive line. They've drafted well. We, we all raved about the Jets draft. Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson are there. DJ Reed was brought in at safety. Um, they don't lose too much, but they lost Becton yesterday, and that could mean disaster for production issues for their young quarterback that they're trying to build around. How about going and getting Dwayne Brown? Uh, I mean, I think it sounds like a sensible conclusion. I think you can reach some kind of uh, price compromise there and maybe save face. I don't know that Becton, you know, they were counting on him playing significantly better. Uh, he's had weight issues. He's had injury issues. That was kind of a cross-your-fingers guy for them. But you got Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, better weapons around Zach Wilson. A lot of it's hope. It's always hope with the Jets. But, you know, the draft was routinely rated as really good people. They did a good job of getting really having really good picks, and they didn't get paid for any of them. Elijah Moore from last year, really nice, you know. They've got good talent for a change. Now, can you believe in the coaching staff that was assembled last year? Can you believe in, in uh, Douglas as, as, in, in leadership? They've got as good a reason to feel good about themselves as they've had in some time. But the Jets always jet, right? So you kind of wait for something to go wrong. And it's not like the division's down. The Patriots may be down a little bit, but Miami's swinging the same way they're swinging, and the Bills are the AFC favorite. Yeah, Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, the Shanahan, West Coast style, uh, need multiple running backs. Michael Carter's a good one. And then bringing in Brees Hall, I think great for the offense. Right, and Brees Hall has been very good to start camp. And Elijah Moore taking the next step is going to be important in the slot for this team. George Fant's going to get his shot. Uh, Western Kentucky standout at tackle now that Becton's out. So, yeah, I mean, it's – Paul, you mentioned it. You know, it's always hope with this team. Garrett Wilson should be someone who comes in right away and is really good for the Jets. Uh, you got Zach Wilson making headlines for his taste in moms in the offseason, which is certainly something to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, yeah, I uh, – I'll believe this is a roster I feel like should be, and you could say this about a lot of teams with seven spots, the playoffs now, but we should be in mid-December talking about them with a chance, with a chance of making the playoffs. Well, keep in mind, George Fant was already starting at tackle. Um, he's starting at left tackle, and now they've, got, they've had their right tackle go down. So the, the right backup... Right now, Connor McDermott. Well, Connor McDermott's banged up right now. He's going to miss one or two weeks. And I mean that that is it's not a good option if he's starting week one. He needs to be the swing guy that comes in and is the backup to either side. Um, so they they've got some issues now. And uh, on top of that, while you're right, Paul, I mean they've 
Dwayne Brown was a pro bowler last year. He's going to be 37 at the end of the month. Um, they, they need Zach Wilson to take over and manufacture some things that I think their offensive line's not going to be able to do given the current state of things. The, the run game should be okay. Brees Hall and then uh, having Michael Carter. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and, and Garrett Wilson are a great three-pack at wide receiver. C.J. Uzuma is there. Um, and the, the, the favorite target in camp so far for Zach Wilson has been Tyler Conklin, their second tight end. When we saw a very bad Titans team go to New York and lose last year in a huge upset relatively early in the season, <clears throat> we saw some Zach Wilson qualities that looked like, well, you could see this guy doing things. He was on the move a lot. And uh, I, I imagine they plan to put him on the move. And if the tackle situation doesn't get worked out, they'll plan to put him more on the move, uh, yeah. I, I would think. But he's going to have to uh, get himself out of some trouble and protect himself as much as the line protects him, perhaps. The interior line could be pretty good. So, you know, you put, a, put some of these tight ends out there, chip, have the running backs help. A lot of teams have to do it. They don't want to do it. Uh, Jets maybe weren't planning on doing it as often as they're going to have to do it. Maybe they brought, they have a massive, uh, rookie tackle in Max Mitchell. I don't know how he's been in camp, but he is, yeah, he's Big the boy. mountain from game of Thrones. I mean, he's massive. Fourth uh, rounder. Yeah. Um, rookie, the quote of the camp for the Jets, rookie sauce Gardner. He was asked about his trash talking tendencies and what he would tell the reporter if he was trash talking. And he said, I would not trash talk you because I expect to dominate you. That was Sauce Gardner's response to the reporter. We'll dominate tomorrow's show just like we did today. Love that mentality. Back at it for Outkick 360, starting at 3 Eastern, 2 Central, right here on the Outkick Network. Don't dominate the box. Stay out of it, but do lock your locks. Thank you.